0: Hey there, Soul Warriors. Welcome to this week's episode of the Recovery Soul Food Podcast. I'm your host, Elsie, and I am as amazed as ever to have had the beautiful opportunity to meet and connect with tonight's guest, Beth Syverson. She is the co-creator of the Safe Home Podcast, which she created with her 18-year-old son, Joey. Safe Home equips parents of struggling teens with tools to help the whole family heal because we know that addiction is a family disease. It is not just a one-person disease and I love this whole platform and this mission. So when Joey was 15, Beth uh, realized that he was addicted to drugs and also had serious mental health issues. For the past few years, though, they have both been on a journey of personal growth and connection. So they created the Safe Home podcast in August of 2021 in order to transform their pain into support for other families. Now, their goals are to destigmatize addiction and mental illness and to advocate for more compassionate and effective treatment for our struggling teens and families. They offer weekly podcasts Nonfiction book club, monthly live webinars, and they also have advocacy and public speaking. Their topics include addiction and substances, mental health and healing modalities, adoption, and embracing diversity, just to name a few. Now, Beth Syverson is an amazing human being that has truly found that personal healing has been almost the gift that has come out of this very bad situation you know Joey being adopted which you will hear Beth talk to you about Joey and how Joey came to be in her life and what Joey means to her and her family as a whole is so much the picture of a family who has someone in, the, in their midst that is using substance, um, has an addiction that is um, you know, dangerous and scary and yet has learned how to heal her own traumas throughout all of this to be able to create and maintain very healthy boundaries while walking alongside her son as he goes through both the addiction and recovery process. Through all of this, Beth has found ways to heal her own past trauma and her own addictions. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to Recovery Soul Food Live Stream's special guest tonight, Miss Beth Siversen of the Safe Home Podcast. What's up, Soul Warriors, Welcome to Recovery Soul Food. Tonight, this is our Saturday night Soul session, and I am so grateful to finally get Ms Beth Syverson here on our show. She is the host co-host actually, and co-creator of the Safe Home podcast. Now this is a podcast that is for, you know, not only struggling teens with mental health issues and addiction, but also for a full family recovery. You know, this is a passion so close to my heart because I, too, had a young son that motivated me to actually step into recovery and to be the person I am now. And, you know, also coming from the place of being a teen with trauma and mental health issues and, and moving into addiction at that very same young age, it I just really resonate with her message. So I'm super grateful to have her here tonight and to let her share with us her amazing story of, you know, her beautiful son, the adoption process, who he is, and how she's able to see his soul through what's presenting right now in the forms of maybe mental health issues or addiction or him him fighting to just know who he is you know as as parents that's what we are called to do is to see our children for the soul that they are for the all that they truly are and help guide them towards that but at the same time Beth and you know her family has learned how to be a healthy support system For someone in active addiction, so for so many reasons, this is an amazing podcast to be a part of. Right now, this episode with Beth, so I'm super excited. So let me get to this too. I got to do a little housekeeping, then we're gonna bring Beth on. I promise I won't keep you long, but stick around to the end of this episode because I got some exciting news from our friends at Of Substance about a new, amazing, entertaining, yet you know, just heartfelt short film called hide your crazy it's going to be an amazing amazing film and they're going to invite you to be a part of it so stick around to the end so you can hear that exciting news also stay around to the end so you can get a new exciting offer from hypnobreakthrough.com for some healing and hypnotherapy so everything's at the end you gotta stick around and hey If you're looking for a community where you can start and grow the most amazing recovery lifestyle, no matter whether you are in the process of recovery from substance, but if you're in the process of rediscovering yourself as a divine soul, then the Sober app is an amazing place for you to be and a community for you to surround yourself with. There are so many great creators. Recovery Soul Food is a part of this family. There are so many programs. It's the most outstanding sober tracker and community system in existence so if you have an iphone you can download the sober app in the apple i store if you have an android we might have to go to the um sober the sober dot passion dot io and don't worry i will put all that information in the description and it will be along at the end of the video so stick around you can't go anywhere but for right now Let's go and meet our beautiful friend, Beth Cyberson. I'm probably saying it wrong because I'm from the South, but let's go. Y'all ready? We're ready. Let's go. (laughs) Beth, how are you? I'm so grateful you're here.
1: Oh, thank you, Elsie. Great to be here. Wow, that was a pretty cool uh, package you made there.
0: Well, thank you so very Very much. I am so excited about every guest I have on this season. This season has been just uh, so close to my heart, and I'm so grateful you're a part of it. I love it. So we met through our good friend, Pamela Topjian. Mm-hmm. She was uh, on your episode, uh, an episode of your podcast. And she said, you got to meet my friend, Beth. She's got such a unique story and she just couldn't say enough about you. Mm-hmm. And so she put us together. And since then, we've done an episode of your show. Now you're here mm-hmm. with me. We've talked mm-hmm. in between. I am such a fan of of what what's going on, what you have going with the Safe Home Podcast, your whole story. So let's get into it. Talk to us about how we are come to be here, how we find Joey, the Hello Joey story. Give us how we're here.
1: Okay. All right. Very good. Yes. I adopted Joey with my then-husband from Japan. Uh, Joey was born in Japan. We adopted him as a baby, and he had an idyllic childhood. I have to say we did a we did a you know as good as we could now looking back we could have done some things differently but we raised a beautiful young man and he was delightful I mean like I felt like everyone else should be jealous of us cuz we had it all put together and wow. then
0: don't don not then adolescence
1: <laughs> hit and Joey it turns out adopted people a lot of times uh, kind of put on a mask and are a good adoptee. You know, mm. they don't want to piss anyone off because they might get oh, given yeah. away again. Wow, So yeah. that's kind of what Joey was doing. He He's always lived with a mask. He's It's hard for him to even know who he is in real life. Mm. So he that whole good boy thing, I mean, part of it was real, but a lot of it was just him masking. And yeah. just muscling it through. And then at adolescence, he just hit a wall and then all hell broke loose. Mm. So... At fifteen, when he was fifteen, I found out while he was in the psych hospital. I found out from the drug uh, tests that they did when he was admitted there that he had been using drugs, a lot of drugs, and wow. I had no idea. So that was a really bad wow. day. I bet. And, yeah, and I thought, okay, okay. And he was in the psych hospital because of uh, trying to commit suicide several times. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, and. So it was just a horrible, horrible time. But I thought, okay, okay, he'll he'll spend a few weeks in the hospital, and then he'll be good to go. That, you know, the substances will be gone because he'll have this whole mental health thing figured out in a few weeks. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was so naive. I didn't know anything. Um, but God bless my soul. I, didn't I know. know. I, I didn't know. know. I know. So I know. anyway, it's been a long journey now. He's 18 and he's still using substances. He's had several times of recovery, but never mm-hmm. super long. And he's just struggling. He's yeah. just on the struggle bus, as one of my friends calls it. And so we created the podcast when he was in a recovery. And it was his idea. And we talk about everything. We talk Good. about substances. We talk about mental health issues. We talk about adoption. We talk about trauma, whatever. Whatever. All of it. And we're just an open book. And his goal and my goal was to help other families, help other kids not get involved with drugs or help them help the parents to not pummel them with punishment and, you know, more trauma when they've screwed stuff up. Um, So we're trying to give parents, especially the tools they need to be able to walk alongside their struggling kids.
0: Mm, mm. So, I mean, it's so good because that's so necessary. You know, you tell that story and, and, you know, in this very moment, that's what I love about the, this whole season is, you know, I went through some things like that at 15, where, you know, I had to go to the psych hospital mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that my mom had that same idea that, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is going to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, cause I understand wearing a mask and, and running into that wall yeah. where it gets to be too much and, you know, the brain just doesn't process. And so, you know, I think from this conversation, I'm going to have a conversation with her and ask her what Mm. that day was like Uh, for her because, you know, what was that like for you? I mean, how, how that feels for a parent. And I can imagine that there will be some people that can identify with that if you're comfortable about talking mm -hmm. about it. But as the parent, what are the things in that very moment that this, this is happening And this world I thought was shattered. What is that like? Like, where were you? What was was it for you? Like, explain that day or that time, if you can.
1: It was just like everything I had, you know, carefully piled up so beautifully in our little Mm. life. Mm. It just fell apart, like all of it. And Mm. mainly in those first days, I was terrified he was going to die. Like I didn't realize psych hospitals are really pretty safe. Um, Mm -hmm. Out of all the places he could have been, that was the safest place. But I was scared of him being there. I was scared when he came home, if he would try to hurt himself again. I just, I was just terrified. And the words coming out of his mouth those first few days were just terrifying. Mm -hmm. He just did not want to be here. The the thing that kind of pushed him, there were a couple of things that uh, created that the atmosphere where he wanted to kill himself one was incredibly intense racist bullying from when he was mm. really little so he's asian he, we yes. lived in a very white uh, wealthy white area huntington beach california mm. and um they are just super racist the kids taunted him every single day and i didn't know oh, it wow. and wow. the teachers even did oh it was horrible so that was a major factor And then the other thing was he was using psychedelics Mm, and by himself in large quantities. And he kind of saw the other side of consciousness or whatever it is people see over there. Uh, And he's like, I want to be there. That is a whole lot easier than this. And I want to go over there because that looks so much better. So Mm. it was it was really terrifying. And he's picked those up again several times since then. And So it's really scary.
0: So let's go right into that then. Let's go, I mean, it it seems like it's a natural progression. Then, you know, you're going through that, which I know so many families in so many ways, you know, go through that. Our friend Kim with Mm -hmm. her son developing at 15, the Mm -hmm. epilepsy and their Mm -hmm. world, you know, had changed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Pamela's had, you know, different experiences. So, you know, having that experience, now how do we go from okay now what do I do in yeah. this because it sounded like you 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 started becoming aware that you were in a dangerous situation yourself with the fear and the Oh worry. I was
1: I was a mess. I was just a ball of anxiety. I was not in a grounded healthy space at that mm. moment and I you know how could I be I had no idea right. it was coming it was like Right. Just like <laughs> right. crash. So But for probably a year, I was the uh, workaholic supermom. I will fix everything. Don't worry. I will find the doctor, psychiatrist, rehab, whatever alternative. I was searching everything. And I will find somebody or something that can fix this situation up.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: Mm -hmm. nothing
0: worked. (laughs) Not so much.
1: Nothing worked. It was so frustrating. And you know, our healthcare system is horrible for teens in addiction. They were just no help at all. But honestly, even if they would have been exactly what we needed, it might not have worked because Joy was not ready
0: right, or wanting right. to be
1: helped. And I had to really learn that hard, hard lesson that I cannot fix another human being. And there's really nothing broken. It's not like he needs to be fixed. He just needs to be uh, seen. And, right. And... And held and walked beside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He he, Because it's his journey. He needs to figure out if he wants to be healed. Yes. And he's got to figure out what modality will help him. Absolutely. And so I had to switch from being the, you know, the, the cruise director, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> running this kid everywhere saying, come on, this will fix you. This will fix you yeah. to backing yeah. off and saying, okay, I'm here. If you want a rehab at any moment in time, let me know. I will hook you up. You know, I will I have resources that I can h- give you when you're ready. Yeah. And until that time, I am here. I am yeah. here to talk to. I'm here to just play with. We, we go out and do stuff now. He, I mean, he's still in active addiction. And mm-hmm. we go out to lunch. I take him out for ice cream. We go on walks. We do stuff. And yeah, it's awesome. so it's a little different than that tough love. You know, where mm-hmm. you just shut the door and say, "Call me when you're sober." Right, right, yeah. right,
0: right. Well, maybe what you've done though has is has has put in place the things that stop that having to happen, where you slam the door, because you do have so. some very powerful uh, uh, boundaries in place with that yes. too. So let's go right into talking about that, so that people really understand that. You know, maybe if we do this healthier you know, supported walk beside, we don't have to necessarily get to the place where we've got to shut everything down because that's not good for either side.
1: No, and it's not, it's not necessary. No, it it hurts us all. That disconnection is hurting everyone. And, you know, I'm sure you've heard that. Um, Johan Hari, I think is the guy's name that says the opposite of addiction is connection. Yes. When yes. people are addicted, they seek connection. It may not look like it. It might look like mm-hmm. they're pushing everyone away, but what right. they really want is connection. Right. So, but yeah, like you said, we have extremely strong and large boundaries. He's no longer allowed in our house right now mm-hmm. until he's, you know, super stable. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he lives with his dad, which is not very good. His dad is a very big enabler. And just kind of lets the whole process happen under his own roof. Um, But I, and we don't give him any money. I buy him food that I eat with him right in front of him. (laughs) And that's it. That's it. So, but I'm here for resources and for moral support and for emotional support. And he, he knows that he is unconditionally loved and that we are here for him. And he, luckily, he still tells us stuff. He tells that's good. you know he tells me what he's using. I mean I that's don't drill good. him on it. I've only oh, so what are you using right now? But yeah. you know he'll say, yeah, mom, I'm really struggling because I'm back on this X substance or whatever, yeah. and I'm yeah. trying to get off it. Da, da, da. So
0: that's amazing. That's amazing because you still have him there. That mm-hmm. connection is still there. Mm-hmm. That that you know he knows that the moment he's ready. Mm-hmm that he doesn't have to go searching through a whole bunch of no's, you yeah. know, to, you know, and, and struggle getting discouraged that, you know, happens in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. And I think that's pretty amazing because mm-hmm. a lot of people that just do the shutout and then they have no connection. Mm-hmm. They don't, they always deal with that human being in the same way. So it's all resistance. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can build healthy boundaries mm-hmm. in the midst of resistance. So they never hear them. So if the, You know, somebody reaches out for the resource. How do they know they're telling the truth? They'll only gauge with that perception.
1: Yeah. So so there's a lot of Mm distrust.
0: Yeah. So you're growing like with Joey. You're able to be around him enough and have a connection enough where you can see Mm -hmm. because you'll know whether Mm -hmm. it's real or, or, you know, you'll know because of this connection. I think that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's not not typical. And I, I have learned this from my life coach who is, her name is Heather Ross and she's amazing mm. and she's helped us so much. She's the one that flipped me around from being an anxious cruise okay. director, mom, you know, super mom to being just, I'm just another human being walking this path with him yes. and yes. I have no control over early anything except my own thoughts and actions. So, mm. so in addition to kind of letting Joey go, um, and he was older at that point, maybe 16 and a half, 17. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. you know, kind of coasting toward adulthood. And and now he's 18. So I really, really have no control now. But yeah. in addition to that release of him, I turned the focus t- toward myself yes. and toward that necessary work of personal growth and dealing yes. with my own trauma, my own mm-hmm. adolescence, my own, you know, stuff that has been left undone, you know, yes. I had a whole pile of it. And um, so I've been working really hard on that in several different modalities and just doing a lot of reading, doing a lot of therapy and coaching and breath work and da, 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 da. I've got a giant list of things I do.
0: Outstanding. Because that's one of the questions is, yeah, I'd love for you to talk about some of those lists just because sometimes we we run across a modality when we think we know a lot of what's out there. Sometimes uh-huh. somebody comes along and says something I didn't know, you know, and so it's, it's a great resource.
1: Oh, yeah. There's so much. And I, in the process of trying to help Joey, I found a bunch. And then I'm like, well, mm. I guess I'll try them. So, yeah. I mean, I've done brain spotting. Have you heard of that?
0: No. See, oh, no. Yeah. I have not.
1: Brain spotting was really cool. Okay. So, it has to do with finding the part of your brain that is, you know, not the frontal lobe, but, you know, mm. the more reptilian part that yeah. you don't really access very often. And it's, mm-hmm. it's using your eyes and you look at different parts you know your eyes move and then you find a spot and then it it feels different and then you stay there and then the the guide um the therapist or psychiatrist or whatever kind of talks you through and i was able to in a couple of brain spotting sessions find my uh four four or five year old beth
0: wow and her name was
1: ruby and she was very exuberant and playful, which is wow. so not me. That was so wow. not me when I was a kid, but wow. I'm like, okay, there I am. Yeah, I can see that. And sh- she wanted to come out and play and she wanted to, you know, explore stuff. And it was amazing. And it was, it was really neat. I would have continued it if I could have just kept affording it.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of times that these different modalities, yeah. I mean, it's almost like the, um, access consciousness that, I was just had Brendan Watt on and the more mm. I've learned about it, you know, where they are talking to you while touching different, you know, places in the head and working oh. through things. So it's almost kind of the,
1: yeah. uh, you know,
0: around the same kind of idea. And of course, EMDR, we know is a,
1: yes. it's a great
0: healing modality. So there's so much more in what we're finding out than just medicating issues. Cause we are yeah. a generation of medicated human yeah. beings For and, and, sure. Now it's, you know, we're all starting to kind of, you know, wake up and shake off the cold. It's like, you know, and the wow. same with people coming into recovery is, is, you know, a clear mind is a true conscious mind. Mm-hmm. I was young and it was a young musician and that was my goal in life was to be a musician. And so, you know, I Often thought when I was, you know, Joey's age, that if I would use, um, you know, psychedelics or substances,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I could access a different place yes. in my mind to get music because that's what all of my hero musicians did. Yes, oh yeah, That's and, so prevalent. Yeah, and most of them were a part of that Twenty Seven Club that you know they talked about with Janis Joplin mm. and and all the people that died at that time in that age. That I planned to die at 27. It was wow. almost that I did everything I could to live up to that. And it became such a subconscious belief that mm. I'll, at a certain point, I didn't know I was operating from that anymore. Wow. But what I find out, and if, if Joey ever watches this, I hope that you know that he'll see this part, that what I found out is that even though it's exciting to touch that other side, if you come back and you do it naturally within you mm-hmm. you almost get the chance to live there yes. instead of just touching and going and and wishing for something else because yeah. there's a reason we're here in human bodies mm-hmm. and to have this other spiritual side is you know to dually come together as a whole person mm-hmm. so if you're able to do that with a clear and clean mind
1: yeah, yeah. you
0: can you live there in a way and so so much better it's so much better
1: yeah healthier cheaper you know oh yeah legal yeah. stuff like yes that.
0: yes all those yes. things all
1: those obstacles the another thing that's really helped me is breath work mm. uh, holotropic breath work or i think they call it something else but it's using just um fast rhythmic breathing and then they they pump really loud music in it, and, and it varies the tempo and kind of gets you ah and uh, i've had some really amazing kind of visions It seems kind of like what you would experience on psychedelics, but it's just literally using your breath. And if you get overwhelmed, you just slow down your breath and you're out of it. It's so safe. And um, yeah, it's a really cool modality too. In one of them, I saw Joey and it was very helpful at the time I was kind of floating and... Uh, kind of looking for Joey, and which was always, you know, he's run away from me so many times. Not kind of, it's kind of been a wow. whole thing of looking for him all the time. And Joey turned around um, and he says, Mom, I don't want you to catch me. I want you to just follow me.
0: Wow. Wow. No. Wow. So
1: I've been trying to figure out what exactly that means, but I think it means to quit grabbing at him, to quit, you know, pulling and and forcing and and just walk beside him. That's kind of how I've interpreted it. Well, that's exactly what
0: happens. I mean, we hold their energy when we're in that about anyone. if, If you know you have a sick relative, when we're in that place where all we see is the sickness and we just want to Mm. change it. We hold Mm. that energy because that's all we see. And, you know, when my wife was in an active addiction, when I had made the decision for recovery and she was all of a sudden in a relapse, I was holding her Mm. energy so tight. And until Mm -hmm. like you, I worked on myself. I got Mm -hmm. a coach, a trauma coach that, you know, started working through. I started you know really reading and and listening and practicing and doing the work within mm-hmm. me not just listening mm-hmm. or hearing but actioning it you know that was when things just started to you know break open for me in in that way mm-hmm. and so i mean i i don't know it, it's just so inspiring to to mm-hmm. listen to you talk about Mm -hmm. you know all that you've done because I can feel that same healing because working with that coach releasing them Mm -hmm. it allowed them to change it allowed my Mm -hmm. wife to change Mm -hmm. but if we hold yeah they can't move because that's all we see
1: yeah it's almost like you're you're trapping them Yes. In that old yeah. paradigm. Yeah. Yes. You have to. And the other thing that it's been really helpful for Joey is that he no longer has to worry that his mother is going to completely fall apart.
0: Mm, you know, exactly.
1: He can relax and just work on himself and not worry. Oh shit. This is going to make my mom go over the edge here. Yeah. And he knows that I'll be okay. Whatever yeah. he presents to me, I will be okay. I've got enough support right now and I'm grounded. I know how to pull myself together and, uh, I've got many resources, so Mm. I'll be okay. So he just has to worry about himself. I think that released a lot of his anxiety, right? He doesn't have to worry about me and the shame. Yeah,
0: Yeah. And the shame will.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he knows that I'm not blaming him or shaming him at all. I try not to anyway. Sometimes I say something and he's like, oh, ouch. And so we work through that, but he knows that, I am just here. I understand what he's going through as much as I can from, mm-hmm. you know, the outside, but I I know he's not trying to be self-destructive. It just you know, he's not trying to hurt me. Obviously, it's not right. about me. This is not Fair about enough. me. So, it releases him to do his own work and yeah. so I'm hoping that this will I I don't know how our story will end, but so far it's allowed us to stay in relationship. So, if that's well, the only thing that it yeah. gets us, that's a lot.
0: It is. It truly, truly is. It's more than a lot of people experience with mm-hmm. this. And the mm-hmm. more you talk about it and the more that you, you know, do things, um, you know, webinars, the more that you do, you know, all the different things that you do, the podcasts, all the, all that you're doing with mm-hmm. that is letting that message of healing spread mm-hmm. to the family. And whether it's the way you find, you found healing or I found Mm -hmm. healing, it gives people permission to find their healing Mm -hmm. because we are in, we live under a paradigm. It seems like in, in our lifetime, in our world where to miss someone or to be sorry is to be permanently sad and destructive and Mm -hmm. stuck. and, Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's how we think. That we pay people back and that's that yeah. shame loop and that guilt that has come through so many generations mm-hmm. of of parenting types that we realize that hindsight thing. We realize that guilt and shame was part of the entire loop that just keeps you running after addiction and escaping because yes. mm-hmm. you're already a raw nerve. I yeah. say the suitcase of your soul's already full. It's bursting open. You're a raw nerve. And Mm -hmm. all you can do, it seems like it's just used to make that Mm -hmm. stop, like stopping the bleeding. Yeah. You know, for a lot of pain.
1: Yeah. Joey has so much just existential pain. I I don't blame him, honestly, for wanting to numb that pain. Mm -hmm. To look at that pain and to deal with it is so hard. And I'm 53. He's 18. I'm starting to deal with my shit finally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's only 18. Yeah. And three of those years he's been on substances. So take away three years of rational, you know, ability to work through stuff. So I, I can't blame him. You know, I probably would do the same thing.
0: But, but what you're doing now is likely to make it be more like, you know, a a shorter visit than, than someone that has no support and feels more alone as they push back, you know? So having you, even educating yourself about addiction, because mm-hmm. I have no doubt that you've done mm-hmm. that, you know.
1: Oh, and yes. Talk to are, us are you about famil- what you've done there. Yeah. Are you familiar with the CRAFT method or the CRAFT mm-hmm. approach?
0: I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I can't don't remember so. what
1: it stands for, but if you just Google CRAFT approach, C-R-A-F-T, okay. it's community something something. It's, it's a way of looking at addiction and addicted people. And instead of shutting the door on them, or instead of doing these interventions where you force them into rehab, you give them positive connection. And sometimes that might look like they're not living at your house, but it's positive. And it's not condoning or enabling everything they do. It's not enabling, but it's, you know, whenever possible to have a positive connection. And that has been proven to help people get out of addiction sooner. And more and more whole than if if it's just punishment and locking people up and you know that old that old there yeah, craft approach yeah it's really nice. great and there's a book called Beyond Addiction that talks about the craft approach quite a bit that's a really great book
0: outstanding outstanding yes I will absolutely look that up because I love. <laughs> I just love everything that you're doing and sharing the story and in making a resource and making a way. And you know, we were talking about before that you've got. Um, tell us about what some of the things the Safe um, Home Podcast and platform does. Like you've got a you've got a webinar coming up. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to us about that and 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 what's going to go on there and tell me all yeah. about that.
1: Okay, thanks. Yeah, so we have a weekly uh, podcast and then I am just starting a monthly webinar. The first one is march 26th at 10 a.m pacific and it's going to be called um it is called just one more what my sugar addiction taught me mm. so you know that instinct to just okay yeah. i am just gonna have one more cookie yeah. oh this is my last game of wordle this is my last yeah. whatever and i promise and then oops i mean now this one's my last one yeah okay no i guess i'm gonna have one more this one's really my last one and okay. i'm gonna start again tomorrow all fresh. I understand (laughs) addiction because of my own addiction to sugar.
0: Love that.
1: So I was super, super addicted to sugar and I've been off of sugar and flour for five years. And so that has informed my understanding of addiction. I've never used drugs, but I understand Joey's pull. I understand that craving. And so the webinar next Saturday is going to be teaching parents or teaching people who are addicted it, whatever wherever you are in this whole paradigm that addiction is just a, a brain uh, it's a problem in your brain receptors your dopamine receptors and it's not it's not a moral failing it's not like a medical condition really it's it's just like a different coping mechanism that your brain has figured out exactly. and so dealing with your own Personal growth and healing, healing your trauma, whatever you grew up with and you're carrying with you. So I'm gonna be talking about how I recovered from sugar and how that's helped me deal with Joey.
0: Outstanding. So what time is that? I know it's next Saturday at what time? At
1: 10 AM Pacific.
0: Okay. I'm going to write it here. And then the ways to get in touch with you are in the description, but I'm going to let you tell them anyway, um, whenever yeah, you... we, uh... but how do they get, how do they get signed up for this live webinar?
1: The The easiest thing is probably to go to either Instagram or Facebook, find Safe okay. Home Podcast, and then you'll find the event really easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can, yeah, that's probably the easiest way. All it's right. also on Eventbrite. You can search for Safe Home Podcast on Eventbrite.
0: Awesome, awesome, mm-hmm. and I think um, a lot of all those links are in the description box below too. So I'm so grateful that you are doing stuff like that because it looks like your your platform is building more of a community, not just this one thing. And so I just love that yeah. that you do that.
1: Yeah, yeah do I'm, that. I'm I'm also going to be creating a book a book group a book group soon. We'll do Good. a book probably about once a month. And, um, a private, uh, Facebook group is coming, things like that. And a memoir, I'm writing a memoir Good. and Good. things like that. There's a, there's a, there's not a lot out there talking to parents right. of kids who are struggling. Right. Normally we're hiding. We're like not showing our face. We're like, la, la, la. My kid is just, he's on yep. a long vacation or something, yep. you know, <laughs> you just don't yep. talk about, it. but I, I really feel that it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of on anybody's part. Absolutely. And the more we talk about it, right, it's not parents fault. It's not the kids fault. It's just the way things are. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. And so the more we can talk and be open about it, the better.
0: Absolutely. Make evolving and expanding through connection with one another. Mm-hmm. It's so true. I mean, because I think that we have this knee jerk reaction as parents to to feel like this responsibility when our kids yeah. go out and all of a sudden this is what happens because society, mm-hmm. you know, has looked back at the parent because, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that the best y'all could do? You know, that kind yeah. of thing. Not even, you know seeing that there are underlying things there, you know, that parents Mm -hmm. can do the best that they can do. And I believe that most of us are anyway, we're doing Mm -hmm. the best that we can do at all times. And, you know, I realized when my wife was going through her relapse and our son was, you know, about 13 through 15, and he was having an online gaming addiction. Mm -hmm. I knew that something in this was happening for a purpose, Mm -hmm. because it gave me that experience to know what it's like to be the person on the other side.
1: Oh, yeah! And
0: having to feel that worry and that fear, you Mm -hmm. know, and all the things that my grandparents had gone through with myself, I was going through then and I knew, okay, this is going to be know Mm -hmm. for something and now i can make a deeper connection Mm -hmm. with the family that i had at the time and so it is always for something so that's the truth like if we can move away um not if we could move away from the you know judgment of a moral failing for addictions and begin to Mm -hmm. look at 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 things that the, the deeper roots yeah. And become less shameful about sharing about those things. And yeah. we can help, you know, we can help people move out of that quicker. And I just really think that the way you're doing things with Joey is just amazing for our teenage community because they're not being seen in this yeah. struggle as much yeah. as they should be. When if you ask any addict of my, uh, you know, person struggling in addiction, even in my age, they would mm-hmm. tell you, Oh well, I probably started using early, 14, yeah. 15. Yeah. So now we're talking to people at that age. So tell me some of the signs. I think it's inner mm. I think it's necessary for us to talk to people about what are some of the signs that mm-hmm. you started to see at all in, in Joey that began to let you know when he was using or or where there is there anything you saw then, but then also we'll look. Take it a second part and look at hindsight. Uh
1: Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't realize he was using drugs until I found out from the doctor at the hospital. But looking looking back now, the things I thought were just adolescence was Mm -hmm. probably totally because of the the weed. He was shutting his door to his room a lot, like Mm -hmm. just staying in there doing God knows what. And Mm -hmm. he was really hard to wake up in the morning. Really, mm. really hard to wake up. And then he'd fall asleep as soon as I got him in the car. <laughs> mm. He was, you know, super unmotivated. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, his grades dropped. He didn't care about baseball anymore, which and he was a really awesome baseball player. But part of it was his baseball team was harassing him relentlessly about his race mm-hmm. and just uh, it was oh, so that, frustrating. That bullying's horrible. Yeah, it's really horrible. I really didn't realize people would bully people for being Asian. I thought, Asian, really? <laughs> I know. I don't understand. I don't understand bullying anyone, but I, I didn't. I know. It was not even on my radar, but if I now that I know Asian people are discriminated against all the time and it's more microaggressions is not, you know, blatant as blatant and out there, but it's yeah. microaggressions all the time that just yeah. add up and just tear you down and make you feel like a- you're not welcome.
0: Yeah, I didn't learn about that really that, you know, the Asian culture experienced a whole lot of um of of that until corona, until, you yeah, know, coronavirus started really bad. And that really yeah. started and and then I started doing a history about that and how that started, you know, after Pearl Harbor and mm-hmm. and a lot of things in, you know, out your way in California and mm-hmm. so, you know, it's really wild what you don't what is not in your you know, reality until it's in your reality. Yes,
1: exactly. And now that I know, I try to let people know that, you know, kids get teased for all sorts of things and people are just, you know, terrible to each other sometimes.
0: Well, they really are. And if we could learn to, you know, like have an open dialogue in families mm-hmm. where, you know, you can know that stuff's going on. It's not like we can stop kids, you know, dead yeah. in their tracks from, from doing these things. I mean, it has to start, stop at home in all honesty. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things when a bully is bullying, there's a whole lot of stuff going on for that, you know, that person too. Yes,
1: he learned that, he or she learned that somewhere, right?
0: Somewhere, somewhere, and they're acting out from some type of, you know, Mm -hmm. emotional cry for something as well, so, you know, that all would have to start at home, but if you had that open communication with your kid, where you can hear and, and say, I'm being bullied, this is happening. And you can work on that together. Yes. That would end up being the way that would stop that, you know. Yeah.
1: But and, and we did not have that. We were we looked really well on the outside. We got along beautifully, but we did not have that deeper connection where he was feeling free to tell us whatever was going on. He hid a lot of stuff a couple of years. Yeah. I so. can imagine
0: that he probably thought to himself, you know, well, I'm I should I have everything why am I not happy, you know, or yes. maybe I should. And, and so maybe if I just keep act, if I pretend it'll
1: yeah. catch on or something, yes. you, know,
0: you never know. You never know.
1: I, I know in a way, I think he felt that this is what he deserved or I guess it's just how life is. He didn't know. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I, I'm not of the same race. So his dad is uh, also Japanese American, but maybe he didn't think I'd understand, which I probably wouldn't maybe. have understood. So maybe, I mean, right? I
0: think everything is for a reason. And you know, mm-hmm. I really hope that, that, you know, I feel, I feel certain that, that Joey will, you know, come to the place where he will want to be, you know, in recovery, you know, once he finds out that it's possible, yeah. you know, it's so. possible. And, yeah, and I... he will, and he'll find us I mean, he's got support and yeah, you know, that's, that's a whole lot. That's he a really,
1: whole lot. we often talk, even when he's using substances, we often talk about when he gets to recovery that he wants to be either an addiction counselor or um, he he or he wants to study uh, the brain or he wants mm. to do something to help other people. Like mm. he has a huge heart for that. That's why we made this podcast. And by the way, when he relapsed and was no longer able to record the podcast because um, he was just off in his own world, he mm-hmm. I asked him. I said. Well, should I shut it down? What do you want me to do with this? And he goes, no, mom, I want you to keep going. I need you to keep going yeah. and talk about relapse. We've got two or three episodes about relapse. One of them, him talking to me in using something, you know, he's.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So he's often, you know, like, so he still knows that he's, he's, I mean, just having that goal in his, in his mm-hmm. heart, in his mind, you know, yeah. is helpful already that he's at a place where he's still you know hope still lives there yeah you know
1: yeah he wow. really wants to help other people
0: that's amazing that's amazing so if you had um if you had a message right now to families who are let's see this is kind of a two-part question too but for families that are on their own mental health healing journey already a message there and a separate message for a family who's maybe right there in that moment where everything is crashing down or mm-hmm. they've realized that their young teenager is using drugs or having mental health issues mm-hmm. do you have a couple messages yeah. you can give
1: yeah okay two things the first one is curiosity mm. instead of instead of punishing or controlling or you know grounding your kid or whatever get curious why why would they think that numbing their pain with a substance that they had to get illegally somehow underground why did they think that would be a good solution what are they trying to fix or cover up or soothe mm-hmm. and so that curiosity without judgment just curiosity which means really thinking about it thinking about what trauma they might have gone through what might be happening at school it might be a little digging it might be opening up a communication with them getting curious and without without judgment that's a really big one and yeah. I it took me a while to get there I did not that was not my initial instinct my I didn't I didn't go the punishment route either that's not quite my style either but I was just in fix mode mm. but yeah. curiosity yeah. is a much different um, energy much so different. Curiosity. Yeah. And the other thing I would suggest for parents especially if you're just going through it right now is to take care of yourself. Mm. It feels mm. so backwards. It feels like but my son needs me, but they're going to die without me. Well, I don't know. They might die with you. They might die without you. I don't know. But you need to pull yourself together so you can be there for your kid. Mm. You know that whole if the oxygen mask falls down from the airplane, Yeah. You got to put it on yourself. Yes. And then turn around and help your kid. Yes. So healing yourself. And it's so easy in this situation to think that your kid is the problem. Yeah. I got to work on this problem over here because he's a problem.
0: Mm.
1: It's never just one person. That's the problem. It's a family problem. And so if each person in the family can go figure out what they need to work on and for everyone, it's going to be different but just do their own personal growth and your kid will see that and go oh really hmm, yeah i guess i'm not under the microscope here and wow my mom can change and things feel better now so that's really awesome and maybe i sure. can change too so yeah. that would be my curiosity and then working on yourself
0: that's amazing and i think that it's 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 powerful because it is very true you know and and like we talked about earlier you cannot make this problem go away like you you cannot intervention anybody enough you cannot shame Mm -hmm. somebody enough Mm -hmm. you cannot guilt them you cannot punish them you can't ground them you just Mm -hmm. can't and it seems the more that you try to push at that the Mm -hmm. more you know they are you know then that's what they move towards and they Mm -hmm. can't break out of that energy so it's so you know, absolutely the amazing advice, and I appreciate you sharing it here, and so what, how do you work on you every day, so what is it, what does it look like for you, is there like a, I guess the question is, is there a theme to the work you're doing within yourself these days, Mm -hmm. and I'll just say, you know, for an example, like, relationships or our communication is there a common thing that you're seeing through your personal work today and what does that personal work look like
1: okay um my personal work lately looks like awareness mm. i'm trying to become more aware of myself kind of like i'm watching myself from above mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And going, oh, there you go, you're doing that thing again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're doing that thing again. Or um being aware of my thoughts. I'm trying to this, I'm working with my that same life coach again and trying to be aware of my thoughts about my self-worth or my, you know, am, am I allowed to do this work? Sometimes I get self-conscious about this work because mm. like who am I? I don't know. I'm just I'm just yeah. a mom with a struggling kid. But to To find those things where I just keep running into a wall, my own walls that I own that yeah. I build myself. So yeah. trying to become more aware. So it's, it's a lot of mindfulness. I'm not really good at meditation where I just sit there, but I do a yeah. lot of meditation while I'm walking and while I'm yes. working and, yes. and yes. while I'm just, I'm just in tune with what's happening. That's yes. probably the main thing.
0: I love that because it's not often, you know, I find myself sometimes shaming myself whenever I don't am not able to meditate on a daily basis, like everyone else meditates. And I forget and don't give myself credit for all the meditation that I do while I'm methodically, while I'm working and while I'm walking and being, you know, everywhere I kind of go. So I appreciate you saying that. Mm -hmm. And, So I appreciate that awareness because that was actually the example that I wrote down was awareness. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I see a common theme with myself Mm -hmm. in that I'm using awareness to find acceptance Mm -hmm. for not fixing what I see, you know, the source for other people. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard when you can, you've done a lot of work and you can kind of see the similarities Mm -hmm. in someone else and, you can't there's nothing you can do to force them you know because they are on that journey and that's hard to accept when it's your own child and you know we've you know we share kind of a bit of a story in that Mm -hmm. I work on it with my own son Mm -hmm. and I just started doing that work and now he's on an upward trajectory because again you take yourself Mm -hmm. yeah you take yourself aware
1: it's so, we feel like we know what the answer is. And if they would just do X, Y, Z, it would fix everything. But that is not the truth. Right. Right. My X, Y, Z is not the same as his X, Y, Z. And right. he's got to figure that out on his own. He's on his own journey. And yes. I don't know what's going to work for him. Absolutely. No one knows that. Every Like everybody has to figure it out for themselves. And now he's old enough that he's he's able to, but yeah, it's, it's, you just wish if they would only do what I, yeah. what I know is the right answer.
0: Yeah. 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 Right.
1: Oh, well, you're
0: so right. You're so right. And it usually, you're right. Cause it used, that advice usually comes from our lived experience. And right. It
1: would work it, for us
0: it would work for mm-hmm. us probably perfectly, mm-hmm. but it might not necessarily work for mm-hmm. them. And you're right. Cause that's that generational modality that we've, you know, that paradigm that we've lived mm-hmm. over and over. And now we're at a point where we're breaking that paradigm. And mm-hmm. so we can start starting younger now, because mm-hmm. the more mm-hmm. we talk about this stuff, then younger people hear that and younger mm-hmm. parents coming up are parenting mm-hmm. their children a bit different. And so I think that it's, it's, Quite amazing in those ways, and that we are part of this big change and and changing the stigma of all of this mm-hmm. because you know that's what the whole point of all of this is is yeah. that you know why why keep why keep doing things that don't work yeah. this is it perseverance that we just keep mm-hmm. doing the same old thing and mm-hmm. eventually it's going to catch on and it's yeah. going to work we're going to mm-hmm. show people I mean prisons are bigger than they've ever been no. we can't build enough yeah is that um,
1: helping no it, not
0: at nope, all not at all no. not at yeah all. that can
1: contributes to that continuous shaming and they they're not getting uh, the help they need to deal with there's, their trauma no you know, there's not enough people out there that understand trauma in our especially in our penal system but even in our healthcare system more yeah. people need to really look at how traumatic experiences that have happened to you completely affect you. Yeah. I mean, come on now. That's not that hard to figure out.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> right? absolutely not. I mean it can reshape your brain. In a forming yeah. brain, you're forming around yeah. these these scabs of pain, if you will. Yeah. You're just forming, you're like, you know, building up around mm-hmm. it. So it's not it's not that it's going away. And I was talking to my wife today as we took a drive, you know, even my mom's generation, that was their you know, just push through, you know, you don't think about all that stuff. You get through it. That's their claim to glory. I've made it through this because I just move on. Yet in their lives, you're seeing it subconsciously manifest over and over and over again. And, you know, as we keep coming down generations, we begin now to break that and say, Oh, Mm -hmm. wait. So I'm not just a, a, what I'd call a screw up. I'm actually running programs, you know, within my, through my subconscious yeah. and I'm doing things that I don't even understand why.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know? it, Cause when that happens to you, especially when it happens when you're little, you don't have the cognitive ability to understand what's going on. So you just make it up, you make yep. up, Oh, I guess this is how the world is. Yep. I, yeah. I have a, my grandmother is 95 and oh, wow. uh, I recently had a conversation with her and um, her, her mother died when she was three. And yeah. so she had to become uh, very self sufficient very quickly because she was in a poor farm family. And, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, Grandma, do you think that affected you at all in your life? She goes, Nah, nah, <laughs> I was just fine. I'm like, how can you be fine? Your mother died when you are three and then yeah. your dad was abusive. You know, how yeah. can that not have affected you? But I, I didn't argue with her, but I'm like, oh, bless her heart. She, you know, you just power through. Yeah, that that generation, they just powered through, but yeah, it, that's not that effective. So I think we can, I think we can face it, you know, with support, like your program, yeah. you yeah. know, there's so much out there that is supportive of people. If you, if people can just find whatever resonates yeah. with them, find your support and dig into this tough stuff. Yeah, It's it's yeah, tough, it's, but it's not it's impossible. Tough.
0: It's not, you're right. And it's, and it's worth it to do because all we're doing when we numb the pain through addiction or habits or, or whatever it is that we're reaching out for, all we do is prolong it. And then, you know, there's more to come, you know, so as soon as you're sober, it just rolls over you, you know, and it's, it's coming with reinforcements. It's like a dam that's been just stopped for a minute. And so then it's coming through. Yeah. The sobriety
1: doesn't, the sobriety is great, but it doesn't fix anything. That just kind of makes your mind able to deal with it. Exactly. (sighs) Exactly.
0: That's the difference between, you know, healing the roots and just getting clean and sober. I I, I tried clean and sober so long and it just didn't work because I was still emotionally dealing with the same stuff. And now I just didn't have the one coping skill that was helping me so to speak Mm -hmm. through that time so you know that's that doesn't last long and then that helps you know bring new trauma to you because now you're hurting and you got to deal with more of that you know yes
1: yeah and then the life the life you need to live when you're using drugs causes all sorts of more trauma absolutely yeah
0: absolutely absolutely it's always you're having to go against yourself and Mm -hmm. i just like we've talked about before, I think the more we run away from ourselves and we and we try to mm-hmm. put all the walls up and do mm-hmm. everything that we've been trained to do, or mm-hmm. we see other people doing, we do mm-hmm. all of this stuff, we run away from ourselves, the more unrest we feel regardless mm-hmm. of what it is. When we turn around and we move back towards our stuff, meaning going through all the messes and stuff yeah. that we, in our path to yep. move away, mm-hmm. that. We come back home and and learn that man the answers were here all the yes, time. Yes, this yes, yes. This is where I lived all yes. the time, you know. And so, I, I just hold all the healing and loving energy around you and your mm-hmm. amazing family yeah. and and Joey and. And I just I look forward to hearing about so many success stories. And thank you for touching the youth of today and doing this for families and teenagers and and helping this information get out. I'm constantly
1: a fan of
0: you, Beth and Joey and the Safe Home podcast and just everything that you all are doing.
1: So thank you so much.
0: Where can Tell us again where people can find you. Where you want them to go? I know we've got Instagram up here. Uh-huh. Everything's written in the description box. But tell us where people should go right now. If they want to connect with you.
1: Yeah, just um, search for "Safe Home Podcast" in quotes, and you'll find it. Um, uh, we have a YouTube channel and Facebook. Uh, our our podcast lives on Anchor, uh, so it lives on all of the podcast apps. And yeah. I'm going to make a website awesome. soon so I can just have you go to safehomesomething.com, but I don't have that's, it quite yet. So That's. But just awesome. Google us and, and, and you can also email, oh yeah, email me at hello@safehomefamilies.com. At Thank you.
0: Outstanding. Yeah. Outstanding. I'm so grateful that you are here tonight and that we got to have this conversation and just to share what you're doing. I know this won't be the last time, you know, we are now friends in this whole situation so we will talk often yes we are and so i look forward to seeing how how your community grows and also look forward to us collaborating doing some things over there with the sober app and hopefully you're gonna get to talk to those
1: guys and see what that's about who knows And hopefully Joey will come back soon and I know he would love to meet you and um, told them all about you. And uh, hopefully Joey will be back in the picture very soon.
0: I really hope so. I feel such a kinship with him. It Mm -hmm. seems that, you know, I really understand from so many deeper levels. I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. for that. So and you know there's there's just so many people i want to put you in contact with Mm -hmm. and one of those people is my friend alex captain from of substance and they are they make short films that are entertaining but they are also Um, heartfelt about Mm -hmm. mental health issues and addiction and they are you know like hollywood style big productions and they're very short films and they've got a new one coming up that they are giving us all a chance to be a part of and it's called hide your crazy and Mm -hmm. this is going to be an entertaining horror film that's got a lot of humor and a lot of heart in it and so Mm -hmm. they are Offering us all the chance to get in on that and I'm going to put this up right here. You can go to Instagram and follow Alex Captain of Substance and hide your crazy film. Hmm. Write it just like that. You guys get in touch with them and the link is also down in the description and Get ready to be a part of an amazing, amazing film. And I would love to put you and as well in contact with them. I think that your story could hold a massive impact in a very great, beautiful way in a you know, this a short, beautiful film hmm. about your family. So I'd that love to wonderful. put you in, you in contact with them as well because you know, when we combine together, you know, yeah. we're just better, better together. And for all of our Recovery Soul Food listeners and even our Transgender Mentor listeners, my good friend Pamela Topjian and hypnobreakthrough.com is going to give a free full session of hypnotherapy. And that you can get right here. You can mention Recovery Soul Food and go and talk to Pamela and let her know. And that means you're going to get the first consultation session and then another free full session. And Pamela is amazing at what she does and I just know I couldn't be the who I am without Pamela as well. So make sure you hit up substance, make sure that all of you go and follow the safe home podcast with Beth. And did I say your last name, right?
1: Yeah. percent you did it right. It is.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Everything's a long eye in the South. So. <laughs> Make sure y'all check out the Safe Home Podcast there on YouTube and anchor.fm. Thank you so much, Beth, for being here tonight. It's just been an amazing conversation. I thank you. I really, really do.
1: Thank you for having me. I just admire so much what you're doing. And uh, I really feel connected to you very much. We're both doing the same work. So thank you.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so, so much. All right, everyone. Until next time, I can't wait. I'm going to have J.D. Dilks uh nj's progress not perfection and his wife mikey next week we're going to talk about what it's like to have a relationship in recovery and going through relapse and addiction so that's going to be an amazing show so join me next week 8 p.m eastern standard time 5 pacific for that show until then you all get up from your give up and create a life you love you can do that you have the power to do that all right i love you all thank you so much beth it's been amazing thank you Bye, everybody.